Hi. Welcome, welcome. It's Jan Goldstein. And you're here with me on All That Matters. So great to be with you for another week. And last night I was uh, watching a film with my wife um, on Netflix called The Glorious. And it's the story of Gloria Steinem and all kinds of things I never knew about her. Um, and all the various mixed messages she got and has received in her lifetime. How women should be accepted, but they shouldn't go too far. How she could be sexualized when she was on an interview on television, even though she purposely wore clothes that would not be suggestive in any way. And yet, um, male uh, anchors would always find a way to point out, well, how attractive she is. And I just thought, wow, that's got to be hard. Um, And I think about mixed messages. Gail Collins had said that the history of American women is about the right for freedom, but it's less a war against oppressive men than a struggle to straighten out the perpetually mixed message about women's role that was accepted by almost everybody of both genders. So there are mixed messages being given by women and men, she's pointing out. I'm thinking about the mixed message my sister Ethel got when uh, she was younger and uh, we were in our synagogue and um, there was a holiday, it's actually coming up, it's called Simchat Torah, and it's a celebration of the Torah, which is a symbol of learning and wisdom and teaching. And you take the Torah scrolls out of the ark and you parade them around the congregation and if you're a little child, you wave flags and um, it's just a festive time. And each culture, each religion and um, tradition uh, celebrates wisdom literature or celebrates the power of the word. And this was this is Judaism celebration of the Torah. And we all went up uh, to receive our Torah scrolls and to parade around. And my sister went up and she put her arms around one Torah and they took it back from her. She wasn't going to be allowed to march around. And this is in the thick of the women's rights movement. So many changes have taken place in America. But for some reason, boys and men could march with the Torah, but a woman couldn't. Even though my sister was already being asked to chant Torah in front of the whole congregation. Now, next year when they tried this, my sister simply held on to the Torah and took it from them and claimed it and marched around. And yay, yay, sis. Um, and that is eventually how many women who are now ordained as rabbis and have many equal roles, uh, of course, um, in, in Judaism and, and women in religion in many uh, different cultures as well and different religions. But that was a mixed message, my sister got, and I remember that. And that got me thinking even more about some of the mixed messages I've grown up with and It's a strange little one, but my dad owned a restaurant and I've noticed both in going to his restaurant and when I was a little kid and then going to other restaurants. And believe me, folks, I don't know if you're going to restaurants out there and some are letting people in and some, you know, you go to the front or you eat outside where where you can, but it will happen again and we will go and we will be able to go into businesses and right now they stop you and take your temperature, ask you questions. So it's a whole issue of going in, but those are for health reasons. Um, But I'm talking about the mixed message of 
going into a restaurant and reading at the bottom of the menu, we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone. And I always got this mental picture of owners standing behind a one-way glass and sizing up the people who were looking to enter. Yep, we can take her. Oh, that person looks okay. Oh, that family looks fairly normal. Oh, wait a minute. I don't like the way that guy's dressed and the way he's squinting. Nope, out. I mean, don't under don't misunderstand me. I see the need to keep undesirables in check when you're running an enterprise. And my my dad had to run that restaurant, and there was the occasional unsavory element who got too loud or too noisy or mistreated a waitress, and he escorted them out. I know you got to protect yourself with business and in restaurants. It's just that I'd like it to be done without anyone pointing it out to me. I mean, I'm aware you got to put that little sign there, I guess, for legal reasons. And apparently you have to say up front so no one misconstrues that they have the right to act like they're coming from the World Wrestling Federation or something. But it's just, you know, the juxtaposition of being welcomed into a business and being immediately put on notice. And while I'm at it, if the customer's always right, how do you refuse service to her for anything? But all right, that was me as a kid. As I've grown older, I think about the mixed messages we sometimes encounter in the business area. It gets me thinking also about the mixed messages we experience in the human arena. I mean, take the dating world, for instance, and I know today it's on Zoom or it's online or it's all kinds of different ways, but we will get back to going out. And I know some people are socially distancing and yet going out on dates, given the masks and everything, but you go out on a date and it's all about wanting to make a connection. And I think about some of the mixed messages that go on because I, before the pandemic started, of course, I was hearing from some of my friends, some who are were newly divorced and going out for the first time in a long time. Some people, younger people, just going out for the to meet somebody, to make a connection. And sometimes when they would tell me about it, it would seem so obnoxious to me, as if they were saying to the unsuspecting date, go on like me, I dare you. I mean, I know a guy who purposely stops talking in a conversation just to see what the other person will do. Can they fill in? the silence. And I go, what is that about? Or I know, a, a, I knew a young woman whose modus operandi with dates was to insist somewhere right at the top of the date, you know, I got to leave early just to find out if her date really wants her to stay badly enough to try to talk her out of it. I mean, these people mistake relationships with gamesmanship. Do you know the type? And then there are the mixed messages we get when a friend or family member insists on doing anything to help us out and then is somehow consistently busy whenever we ask. Or the colleague who dismisses our ideas when we bring them up and then appropriates them as his or hers. Or the person of authority who upholds the need for authority while abusing it. Come to think of it, I, the messages aren't all so mixed after all. 
not if we listen to the complete communication. Because the act of listening is performed not only with our ears, but with our hearts. We hear with our feelings and discern the larger message. The attitude of one playing game with us, playing games with us, the the desperation of another's aloofness. And we become aware these people are operating at a level not worthy of our time or attention. I'm reminded of a line from a poem by poet David White. Whosoever does not bring you alive is too small for you. Whosoever does not bring you alive is too small for you. Wow. Our lives don't need that kind of disingenuousness, do they? They make us smaller instead of allowing us to be all we can be. Why do we surround ourselves with people like that? Sometimes people say it's because they're afraid of being alone. Kim Culbertson, who's an author, says, people think being alone makes you lonely, but I don't think that's true. Being surrounded by the wrong people, that's the loneliest thing in the world. We have something to say about that, about the people we surround ourselves, about the mixed messages we receive. I mean, If we really want to, we can walk away from those who send us mixed messages. We can decline a second date or figure out who we can truly count on or protect our ideas from an unethical colleague and look to an authority who earns our trust, can't we? But what we can't do is walk away from ourselves. When we're the generators of our own mixed messages, seems to me the only option if we truly want to live a life that is everything we want it to be, is to listen to everything our life is saying. Our souls must be allowed a voice. Our hearts must be allowed to speak. Our dreams must be allowed to name their desire. And listening to our souls and our hearts and our dreams And the message in our actions all together, now that's essential. If there's a cacophony of sound where one voice is at odds with another, then we can do something about that discord. But only if we listen to the whole message, not simply the parts. What am I talking about? the mixed messages we send to ourselves. I'm talking about the time we tell ourselves we're absolutely positively going to lose the weight beginning now while continuing to enjoy the customary sweets, the late night snacks that put the weight on to begin with. And I'm guilty as charged. Or when we claim to ourselves we want someone better in our lives that we know we're worth it while continuing to endure relationships destructive to our souls or the dreams we feed our hearts about following our passion doing something of meaning in our lives while never acting to extricate ourselves from work we find empty or worse demeaning so we must listen to ourselves we must listen to our hearts and our souls 
and our dreams and our actions. Listening to what our lives are saying brings an awareness of not only the mixed messages, but also the meaningful ones. Listening to that kind of communication awakens within us a determination to let our lives speak with one voice, genuine and with purpose. Of course, we can reserve the right to refuse service to ourselves, but it won't get us very far. Until next week, I'm Chant Goldstein. This is all that matters.